Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are under the influence of gender perversion at a level that has never before been seen in history. This is an urgent, required, and it's a painful problem for a lot of parents. If we don't teach our children the truth, Satan will teach them lies. Dear young married parent, do you struggle sometimes when it comes to how to parent and disciple around sexuality and specifically gender distinction? This is something that the world is screaming about, but the church hasn't really taken a strong stance when it comes to discipling our children around this. I think it's because parents don't know what to say, where to step in, how to step in. So today, we're going to be addressing that topic. Yes, before we introduce our speaker, our guest, uh, we want to tell you about a resource that we have called Having the Talks, plural, because one just isn't enough. And in Having the Talks, we address gender distinction and sexuality. It's a card deck for parents to use with their children. Um, there's a younger side of the card, a question for younger children on one side of the card, and then a question for older children on the other side. So from age three, all the way up to teenhood and launching into adulthood, you can use these cards. And there's already been tons of feedback about parents who are using them with their children every day. So we hope that you'll be able to grab that as a resource and we'll put the link in the show notes. Yes, so on to the interview. Okay, so our guest today is Dale Partridge. He is a pastor and he is also an author. He is the president of Relearn Ministries. And uh, you might be familiar with him as the author of the book called Jesus and My Gender. It's a children's book, and we hope that you'll grab that as a resource as well. You'll hear more about it throughout the interview, but he's written on um, really the theology of gender. So he's a fantastic interviewee. So listen up, you're going to get some good stuff, and I think it'll challenge you to stand up for your kids, for your family, and uh, start these conversations now. Amen. Welcome, Pastor Dale Partridge, to the podcast. Thanks for being with us today. Welcome. Hey, I'm excited to chat with you guys. Uh, I think this this topic is important for parents, for married couples, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can bring some clarity on the issue. Yes, for sure, because so many parents need clarity in this area specifically. Um, so we're interested first hearing about your reason for coming up with a book like Jesus and My Gender. Um, talk to us about what culture's narrative has been and kind of what pushed you into doing this book. Yeah, I mean, you know, any person in history prior to the last maybe 20 years would think that this book is absolutely absurd and would not need to be written. And my hope, my hope is that it's it's absolutely absurd in 50 years, uh, and yes. that no one ever has to buy this book again. And so, um, it's a it's an interesting pocket of time that we're living in, mm. 
where we are under the influence of gender perversion at a level that has never before been seen in history. Right. And so we wrote the book really as a tool and a resource for parents to affirm their child's God-given gender. Now, you know that there are probably a hundred highly purchased books on the other team, Mm. Uh, meaning that they are working diligently to distort, pervert, confuse your child. And um, this this is one of a few books that is really attempting to affirm children in in their biblical view of gender and that that God didn't make a mistake when they when they were made. And so mm-hmm. um, it's really just a, a resource for parents because we know that right now, I think by the age of five, there's a statistic that says that uh, a child will be exposed to over a thousand expressions of sexual perversion, um, wow. and, and, which is pretty common. I mean, if you're just going to Target, you know, or you're, you're at sure. the grocery store, um, you're, you're going to see two or three instances, depending on where you're at. If you live in a big city, you're going to see that four, five, six, seven, ten times a day. If you're watching a cartoon mm-hmm. and you see two dinosaur moms, or you see, uh, you see, uh, you know, kind of an androgynous character that you don't know if they're a boy or a girl. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. there, there's there's this blurring of the lines between the distinctions of what makes somebody male and female. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and and that is occurring too. And so it's a it's a multidimensional attack that has really left parents kind of backpedaling, like whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and it's mm-hmm. not even like a small thing. I mean, you're getting indoctrination from huge corporations, mm-hmm. um, from, you know, Disney, of course, obviously is the forefront of this. Yeah. They're openly telling you that they're, they're for this, these things. Government uh, organizations are pushing this. The public school system is pushing this. I mean, this is, this is no small thing anymore. Yep. Yeah. And um, so creating a tool for, for uh, parents was, was key. Because whenever I, um, you know, before I was in ministry, and before I went to seminary, I was a uh, a business guy, and in the business world, you you cr- you solve problems. Now, the type of problems you solve really matters, and if you can create urgent require, or if you can solve urgent required and painful problems, mm. that is the goal. Um, yeah. You know, uh, if we want to laugh for a second, I mean, toilet paper solves an urgent required and painful True. problem, right? Yes. Right. If we don't have toilet paper, we, you know, there's a problem. <laughs> there's a problem. There. And, and so people keep buying it. And, um, and so the same is true with how do we create products for our customers, our, uh, parishioners, our people that support our ministries. Mm-hmm. And we just looked at this and we thought this is an urgent required and it's a painful problem for a lot of parents. Yeah. And so we, we wrote this book and, um, and it's been selling like, I just didn't know how it was going to do. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we were just going to get a, attacked by the, the, you know, the, the trans police or, you know, just mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. the folks that are on the other side. And so, and we've gotten a little bit of that, but to be honest, we, we put it out. Um, we had 2,500, uh, parents basically pre-order the book. Nice. And then we put it on Amazon and it just sells. That's I mean, it's, so it's, awesome. it's not even, we're not even marketing it much. It's just, it's solving that There's problem. And yeah. And so we're well, enjoying it. So what do you say to the parent that that says, okay, this is ridiculous. My child is three, four, five years old, and I'm not going to 
read them a book about, or I don't see the need to directly teach them about yeah. gender distinction. It should just be a natural thing. Like, how do you yeah. how do you respond to that type of comment? Yeah. So, um, you know, I forgot who said it. Maybe it was Spurgeon. If you know, if we if we don't teach our children the truth, Satan will teach them lies. And so, our children are living in a hostile environment. To yes. think that they're not being influenced already mm-hmm. um, is a is a foolish position to take mm-hmm. because they are um, they are being influenced already. And so we live in a time that is unlike when we grew up that we didn't have to have such a thing affirmed in us because it was natural. Mm-hmm. However, we we just need to recognize that we're living in different times, yeah. and Satan's playing for keeps. And um, he wants the hearts and minds of children. Yeah. Uh, we, we can see that. There's the destruction of marriage and the aim for the child. And right. so um, so I would say a couple things in addition, and I talk a lot, so um, hopefully Go it. it's good. good. Uh, so it's the idea is that we, we, need, um, we need to be the first person to talk about it with our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you don't want to be correcting um, a view that was already delivered to them by somebody else or some other form of media. Mm-hmm. And so so we we want to be the first to talk about it. And this is hard because now we're talking to five-year-olds about homosexuality or whatever it may be, or transgenderism. Yep. Now there are age-appropriate versions of that discussion. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just what we have to understand is we don't have to have the same discussion we'd have with our 22-year-old that's having you know thoughts about these things right it's a very different discussion and so um this book you know i've heard some moms say i don't want to introduce gender discussion with my child or Mm -hmm. that there's other genders well this book doesn't doesn't introduce other genders Mm. okay all it does is shows it affirms it affirms that it's good to be a boy and it's good to be a girl and god made us a certain way for a specific purpose with a specific outcome in mind. And um, and yeah, it does poke a little bit at like, you can't have like some of these things. You know, we put like a picture of like, um, you know, like a cat with like a starfish or a, a cat with a, um, with a, uh, I can't think of what's the creature called, a uh, little mermaid. Um, yeah, like a mermaid. I guess a mermaid, a right? A mermaid, okay. Yeah, okay. a mermaid. Yeah, so you can't have like a cat. We have like a cat. A fish head. tail. Yeah, <laughs> with like, with like a, a mermaid. Uh, body or you have um you know we have like a dad with like um you know a beard and glasses and then like wearing a dress and like there's some things on just one page that are like some illustrations and these kids are like every time i read to a group of kids they're always like i always go can you have like a cat's head with like a dog's body now that you can't do that (laughs) That doesn't work you can't can you have a a pregnant mom with big you know uh, with a big hairy legs and a beard you can't do that, you know. Mm. And so, so there's just some fun things in there that touch a little bit on that, but um, they're they're subtle, and it's something that I think is more playful about showing um, that those things actually don't function. They don't line up with reality. That's yeah. essentially what we're trying to tell our children right. is that they're they don't line up with reality, and that's what truth is 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 content that lines up with reality. And so, um, truth is also confrontational. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, you're speaking to the, you're speaking to the guy that gets that, uh, 
concept, man, I we just we've gotten a lot of heat on a variety of things. Surprisingly, mm-hmm. I didn't get as much heat on Jesus and my gender as I expected. However, we do get the you guys are transphobic and and that argument, uh, you know, every now and then. Sure. Um, uh-huh. But again, you, you'll be surprised. I, there is a silent minority that is huge. Mm. Uh, that actually might be the silent mi- majority. Um, mm. Actually, I would even I would even argue to say that it is the majority. I, I yeah. think that you 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 don't realize it because everybody's afraid because the LGBTQ community is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there's not a lot. Um, the the other side are families and families mm-hmm. have a lot to lose. And so they don't engage in fights because there's a lot to lose. Mm-hmm. And so um, they're, they tend to be silent in places where they need to start standing up because essentially we're at a place now in history that we're realizing if you don't stand up now, you're going to force your kids to stand up yeah. where you failed to stand. And, and if... Wow. So, so we we really do need to be men and women of uh, of the truth, speaking the truth in love, mm-hmm. um, but having a firm position of righteousness that is unbending. Um, and, and we're standing because our parents didn't. I mean, you just have to realize that. I yeah. mean, if you think about this, we couldn't be where we're at without Will and Grace. Okay, remember the TV show Will and Grace? That that TV show was priming the reality the the culture the social sphere of cult, of culture 25 years ago right and and so when you start to think about those things that there it's a slow fade it doesn't happen overnight and it's a slippery slope element where you think you know what let's just give them the inch but the real reality is is that you give them an inch they take a mile mm-hmm. and they've proven that over and over and over and over again yeah and now it's like, I've heard people say that they want to make heterosexual marriage illegal. Like th- that's how extreme it gets. Wow. Um, that's wow. how extreme it gets. And we know we know what the plus is, right? The plus is the pedophilia. We know that Scotland Yard uh, just changed the term pedophilia to minor attracted individual. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is, this is a big deal, people. It's and to happen. And yes. There needs to be a little bit more of a willingness to stand up, to show up at that PTA meeting, to show up at the governor's office, to vote mm-hmm. certain a certain way, to to stand boldly against these things, mm-hmm. and with matched aggression, but not without sin, or but not with sin. Right. And so, mm-hmm. yeah. Again, there's there's a there's a righteous aggression that can occur right. without sinning. And you've done that with, um, for instance, your library hours. Talk a little bit about your experience (laughs) with that and what prompted it. Yeah, we saw all the drag queen story hours and I thought there's there's something wrong with men who want to dress up like women and basically dance in front of little children. And uh, there's something very perverted about this. And Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I don't know how the culture is just going like, this is great. Like I, I think about the, you know, the meme of the dog that's sitting there in the living room and everything's burning down and he's like, everything's fine, you know? Um, yeah. But that's kind of what it feels like. I'm yeah. just like, how are we inviting people, n- n- like children, to watch this happen? So again, I think we need to, as Christians, create not just bash what we disapprove. We, we right. do need we do need to do that. Uh, we do need to say that that's not right. Uh, it's wicked and, you know, Proverbs says... Um, the, the fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. 
Um, Now, at the same time, we also need to create Christian alternatives. Mm-hmm. And and so I thought, all right, let's let's get together. Me and my my buddy Mike Foster, we we're like, let's get together and let's do Pastor Story Hour at our local library. And we're starting to do that on a monthly basis. And we're letting kids come and listen to pastors uh, read great stories. And they're not all Christian stories, but they're all stories that have Christian moral principles and virtues, and um, and are getting an opportunity to to teach the gospel. That's and so, so awesome. it really made me ask the question, like. Why are drag queens more interested in influencing children than right. pastors were? Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. Now, now we're we're just trying to get in the fight and trying to help other individuals uh, and What's other pastors. What's been the reaction the to your story hour? You know, again, it was it was so positive. I, I I think that we we are so afraid to jump in the fight because we think we're gonna walk out with like a bullet wound in our chest. But mm. the reality is, is that, man, we, we've just been having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people encouraging us. I mean, we've, we were on 40 different news sites. We're having, um, we're having calls from people, you know, letters from public officials thanking us. I mean, that's awesome. It was just totally in support. So there's a big group of people, yeah. especially if you're not in like LA or San Francisco or New York City or something. There's a huge group of people that are like, Thank you for standing up, yeah. and and I just want to encourage you if you're listening, stand up, stand yeah. up. You don't you don't need to be afraid and get out there. You know what's really interesting? What you're pointing to is how standing up could look like sitting down and reading a book. Yeah, right. That's exactly mm-hmm. what it is. And when you when the people came in, they were just parents, as you guys know. Parents are always looking for things to do with their children. Mm-hmm. Yes. And if the church doesn't offer alternatives, they will go to the world. Yeah. And so the war is oftentimes just creating alternatives. Again, we don't have Christian banks. We don't have Christian, uh, you know, media companies right now. We have Hobby Lobby, Chick-fil-A, and In-N-Out. Um, <laughs> right? You know? And, and so what Taking we Taking the need, world by storm right now. Right? And I, I keep telling people, I go, we have to be reminded that Christians are the ones that founded Oxford and Cambridge mm-hmm. and Harvard and Princeton and Yale and Rembrandt and Beethoven and you science know, uh, itself. Science, yeah. Yeah. Science itself. I mean, you think about uh, Sir Isaac Newton and Galileo I mean, these are Christians. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now Christians are known for really crappy movies, you know? Um, <laughs> and so we need to create alternatives, uh, including, you know, Christian media companies. And we're trying to do that here. We're trying to create you know, great Christian content. We want to do a thing for relearn kids in the future. And there's, so there's just a lot awesome. that we're trying to do as creating Christian alternatives for the church. I think so that good. that's allowing creativity instead of being consumers, we start being creators, yeah. Amen. which is a lot like what God does. <laughs> well, and it, it shouldn't, we are the ones that know beauty and truth. Yes. It shouldn't be that the world makes the most beautiful things. Mm. So but, true. Amen. but right right now that's, that's what's happening. I, I just go, Secular music seems to just be better. They're better musicians. They're better writers. They're better mixers. Mm-hmm. They're, I mean, and I just go, what is going on here? Yeah, why do you think that is, Dale? I, I think it because we basically our our eschatology is that we think that every that basically the church is going to get smaller and smaller, and everything's going to get worse and worse until Jesus comes back. So we have this pessimistic eschatology that mm. essentially that mm. um, it's you know we don't polish brass on a sinking ship, right? I mean, come on, we're not going to make this thing better, <laughs> you know? Um, and so 
So we take this position that we're essentially pessimistic about everything. We check out, we hunker down, and we just wait for Jesus to come back. But what if Jesus doesn't come back for 10,000 years? So right. we need to hurry up and be the best. Yeah. yeah, we need to be the best. And 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 that's what the world's doing because the world doesn't have hope of Christ. Um, and so what they're doing is they're they're investing into the now. Into yeah. the now. And and I go, man, Christians used to think this way. The Puritans, the Mayflower, Columbus, I mean, man, yeah. like the founders of our country, they they thought this way. They were they were not thinking, let's not go to America because Jesus might come back in six months. <laughs> right. You know. Um <laughs> and, and so that, think about it. How long did it take to build a cathedral? Mm. Yeah. M- most of the time, it took a thousand years. Yeah. Wow. So, so like our church buildings now, they're like in mini malls. You know, <laughs> yeah. like it's just like everything's IKEA'd out, and like mm-hmm. we don't have any long-term view. And when you don't have a long-term view, you essentially don't build anything that takes multi-generational work. Mm. And, and so, this is this is a it's a huge thing. Yeah. that I, I wish preaching. we could talk about. Yeah, I know. This is great. Man, that, that is so good. That is so good. And right now what we're talking about really is generations. Yeah. What we're doing is protecting our lineage and and the mm-hmm. soundness and truth of... We're, we're, we're really trying to hold together what is the foundation of reality. I mean, if, mm-hmm. how, how much more anti-science can you get than saying a man isn't a man? And we'll get right back to the interview, but what we wanna do is make you aware that we have a resource around this whole subject of talking with your kids about sexuality. And it's called Having the Talks. And in Having the Talks, we address things like homosexuality, transgenderism, but even just the basics of sexuality, like anatomy and identity. Um, We start the whole deck off with identity. And it's a resource for parents and children to play together. You can play it like a game. And it helps children as young as age three, all the way up to teenhood. There's um, really two decks in one because we have questions for younger children. And on the other side of the card, it's a question, same question, but for older children. Yes. And this deck is designed to really bring these subjects up um, organically so that you can um, really have this discussion with them and, and open a safe place for you to be an askable parent. So you could go to havingthetalks.com and get your deck and um, it will actually reroute you to Amazon and you can get it tomorrow. Next you, day shipping. Yeah, if you ordered it today. All right, link in the show notes. Back to the interview. Right. Yes. I mean, it, it is, you, you would think 50 years ago, if you told someone this, they would go, no way. No way that's going to be reality. No one could ever adopt that idea. <laughs> right. Um, but the truth is, is yes, um, they can because we're so depraved and we're so needing of regeneration to be born again of the spirit of God. Um, we, it, it, it really is demonstrating how lost lost is. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, there, there is a fight. The Lord, I think is, uh, raising up a, a, a huge group of Christians. I think COVID purified that group. Mm-hmm. We learned who was truly born again and who wasn't. No. Um, and which churches were for the truth and which ones mm. didn't have a spine. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and so there's the West is collapsing in in many ways. However, uh, I, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's the end of the world. I, I think no. that I mean, if you look at India and you look at the Middle East, I mean, you look at China, you look at South America, Cuba. I mean, the 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 mission field is absolutely blowing up yes. in other countries. 
And so um, there's hope. Be optimistic about the future. You're going to have descendants 500 years from now. Uh, Build something that they can inherit. Um, Think think like a legacy. Um, That's so so good. What outside of the book, um, how how could parents start instilling these? And not just waiting for the pastor to do that for them, <laughs> right. but how could or the public they, school system? Right? How can they start instilling some of these principles of what it looks like to be a man? I I saw in your uh, in in Amazon your book was the manliness of Christ. Like, how do we instill those those values into our men and to our women of what that looks like? Yeah. So I'm going to read you the subtitle of that book. It says how the masculinity of Jesus eradicates effeminate Christianity. Okay. Okay. So we have a very effeminate church today. Now it doesn't mean that, now I'm not talking about femininity. Femininity is good. Yep. Right. Um, First Corinthians six, I believe it's verse nine talks about all the people that won't inherit the kingdom of God, including one of the terms is the effeminate. Mm. Uh, effeminate is people who pervert gender, specifically men. Mm-hmm. And so we have a very effeminate church. Um, throughout church history, if you want to see a strong church, you're going to see a masculine church. Um, when there's actually some studies that have been done, if you have a uh, like a clothing store, if it's if it's masculine, the women and the men will come in. If it's mm. feminine, only the women will come in. Oh, that's mm. interesting. Uh, and, yeah. and so. Uh, there, there's the reality also is true. There's been st- studies that if you get dad, uh, you get the family. That's right. If you get yeah. mom, you might get the kids, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get dad because God designed men to not follow women. Right. I mean, that is literally just part of the design that God has put because he wants to create the biblical structure of a godly man who loves his wife and shepherds his home and a wife who submits to her husband who is submitting to Christ and uh, walking in uh, union together. Yeah. And so so there's there's a whole bunch of stuff that's going on here, but um, the effeminate church, man, we don't even realize how effeminate we are. It's kind of like a fish that doesn't know it's wet. I mean, what the are term, some examples of that in the church, like practically speaking? I mean, you know, just some of the, the language, um, you know, let go and let God, um, you know, that's not a very masculine uh, idea, you know, like yeah. these ter- these terms of like, you know, um, sharing my heart, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I-, I think about like, uh, what are some other, oh, even the, the term small group. It's just uh-huh. like, like a woman definitely made that term up, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> like a bunch of men are like, can you join our small group? You know, it's just, so there's some things, things like that. But let me tell yeah. you another example. We have a therapeutic um, infiltration in the church in a way that church has become more about what's your thoughts about Jesus and how do you feel about this? And mm-hmm. and and let me validate those feelings and then tell me how you feel about my feelings about those feelings that I validated. Okay? It's really relativism almost creeping so, in. So what it is, is it actually, instead of a church, it, what it's done is it's turned inward so uh-huh. we have a we have a groups of people that has become very therapy driven church. Mm-hmm. However, historically, the church is not inward in a circle, like in a circle talking to one another. The church is in a line, shoulder to shoulder, on mission. Hmm. Okay, and so so the church, um, what the church should be doing is having a masculine, godly 
qualified shepherd preaching the word of God, um, the men that are in that congregation with their families standing side by side one another, marching forward the Great Commission. Mm. It has nothing to do with them and how they feel. It has everything to do with the mission of evangelization of the culture. Yeah. Um, and and so we don't have that side-by-side masculine missionhood. I, I don't mm. get together with guys to talk about feelings. I get together to guys to talk about work and we, what mm. can we can do together and mm. how, what kind of mission we can accomplish. And um, And so that element of masculinity needs to return to the church. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't have counseling. It doesn't sure. mean that we don't have um, pastoral, you know, realities. Mm-hmm. But but the mission, churches need to be out there to essentially invade their local territory yeah. and saturate that community with the gospel. That's good. Um, We've and, lost that mission-oriented approach as a whole. Yeah, we're not outside. Yeah. We, st- we stick within our four walls. We need to get yeah. out publicly, getting to know people, bringing people in, like, yeah. again... The world's doing this, mm-hmm. right? Why? Why? Right. Why is it the church? And so, we need strong, strong, masculine leaders up the front, um, who are that. again, who are loving. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, I think of some of the you know, Alistair Begg. I think of you know, Vody Bach and Paul Washer, John MacArthur, John Piper. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, R.C. Sproul, who's now passed mm-hmm. on. I mean, men yeah. like this. Good thinker. That are. You know, those men attract really strong men. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, They're strong leaders. Yes. Yeah. You don't mm-hmm. want the you don't want the skinny jeans, um, <laughs> whiny voice. Everybody sings in a tenor. You know. Um, you know. They, we need put some bass. Puts his arms up here, and it's like, please, guys, we need to get this. Like that stuff. Every, a man sits in the background and is like, okay. Um, and so you lose the strong men. You attract the beta males. Uh, but you lose the alphas. Uh, and, yeah. and and so there's there's a lot going on right now with what does it mean to be a man? Obviously, yes. we we don't know what it means to be a woman. Matt Walsh figured that one out. Um, and, and, <laughs> or did and, he? Or did he, right? Yeah. And so, so there's oh. just a lot. But that's our hope is just to try to give biblical clarity that's on these good. issues. Okay, so Love you it. brought up the Matt Walsh question and it, it reminded me just going back to your book. How specific do we get with children, talking to parents here, how specifically do we get with them about gender distinction? Do we discuss, I mean, I love the the example in your book, um, Jesus and My Gender, you talk about, you know, women are childbearing, you know, men can't do that. Um, do we discuss anatomical parts when we're talking to three, four, and five-year-olds? Discuss a little bit of that, like the specific discipleship for parents there. Yeah, I, I think it's good to use anatomical terms um, I think that sometimes it makes people feel uncomfortable, but I, we do that with our children. Yep. We, um, for example, you know, we, you know, I have a daughter who's nine and, you know, two little boys. Uh, and so we, we make sure that they understand that Aria is different and God made her a certain way and that when she changes, there's privacy required for that. And so don't, mm-hmm. don't, um, you know, guard your eyes if you happen to walk in on her changing. And, yeah. and so we teach her those things, those things because of the anatomical differences. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, the same with the, the boys, I, I, I teach her to, Hey, you know, give them, them privacy. I think the big thing that we need to do as, um, as parents is just be willing to have age appropriate discussions, which I think is a big, um, discovery is what yes. is age appropriate. 
Right. Um, and so, unfortunately, without maybe really getting into like writing an article or a book, I probably won't give um, the best advice on that specifically because every child is different at different maturity levels. Yes. I will say that it's earlier than it was with us. That's good. It has changed. Yeah, it has changed. And, Out of necessity. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I have to remember... Um, we went. We used to live on a farm and we had friends that had bigger farms than us. And I'll tell you what, when you're five and you walk around and you live on a farm, like real farm with lots of animals, you see basically animal intercourse all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And it actually solves the problem of the discussion like way early on. And so you yep. think about this, you go, oh, what's age appropriate? I'm like, well, you know what? Like, um, I've seen four-year-olds sit out and like watch the bull mate the cow and yeah. and they ask the question, what's going on? Well, they're making babies. Yeah, exactly. You know? and, and it's just a clear part. And like the kids grow up thinking, no, nothing of it. Right? And, then, and then they essentially make the connection point of like, oh yeah, like we do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. so it's just, it's not as, uh, you know, yes, there's age appropriateness, but there's also like not so much of a... Um, there doesn't a, have to be shame attached. Yeah, there doesn't have to be shame attached to it. It's it's how God designed us. Yeah. And we it's not do, as awkward for your children as it is for you to talk about. Yes. <laughs> and we need to preserve innocence. So yeah. but but the way we preserve innocence is we talk about sex rightly. Yeah. Right. Um the 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 innocence is not knowing it's not just knowing about sex, it's knowing the perversion of sex mm. which makes it dark and shameful. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, you, you want your kids um, to be comfortable with the idea that one day they're going to get married and they're going to enjoy sex with their spouse. And that's a great thing. And, 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 you know, that sounds awkward and uncomfortable. And, but your, your teenagers, your young teenagers should know that and they should actually appreciate the reality that that's true of mom and dad. Yes. And, and it, it should be, you know, uh, respected and reverential and mm-hmm. and uh, beautiful and exciting for them at that time. It, yeah. It's just, um, we've just lost the ability to communicate well about those things. And so right. we need some good thinkers over the next yeah. uh, generation to help bring tools for parents. Yeah. So and what good. a gift for you to be able to give your child the biblical narrative of gender and sexuality. And this is the primary in their mind before they start hearing about you know, disfigurations of such. Right? Yeah, exactly. And so I will say this, the best defense is a good offense. The best defense is a good mm-hmm. offense. I, I used to um, I used to grow the most incredible grass in my yard um, in Oregon. I was like a, a, a crazy person, like obsessed with my grass. And I was always figuring out that the best defense against weeds is a really good offense. So basically st- have really strong grass and the grass kills the weeds. And so the same thing is true on this issue is that you go, okay, root your child in the truth Mm -hmm. constantly. And when, when they see the counterfeit, they're going to go, oh, that's weird. Um, And and they're going to, they're going to eliminate that from their mind because they're so rooted in, in the good offense. So again, just, this is what that book is. It's a tool. uh, It's a resource for parents. It's a good offense that gives them better ability to be defensive on their own. So, so good. Where can uh, parents find that book? Yeah, you can buy it on Amazon. You can also buy it. If you want to support us, we make a little bit more money. You can get at relearn.org forward slash gender. We're a nonprofit ministry. 100% of the money from the books go back into the ministry. Um, I don't make any more money if we sell 10,000 books. 
And so all of that goes back into what we're doing. Um, awesome. awesome. We'll link that link in our show notes then, relearn.org slash gender. And could they yep. find your, um, is that your handle everywhere? Yeah, relearn, uh, on Instagram is relearn. Um, you search for Dale Partridge as well. Um, okay. I'm on Twitter doing a theological firestorm if you want to join us there. Um, right. That's kind of a, tw- tw- <laughs> Twitter's the public square of truth. Um, and so we, we've been uh, having some good heated conversations there. But I also have a podcast called Real Christianity uh, that we put out every week. And um, but yeah, we'd love to have you guys uh, follow along on our journey. And awesome. Uh, okay, well, we will link each of those resources for sure. And I know folks will want to go order this book right away. Who would you say is the target audience in terms of um, age, age group? Yeah, so I think three to ten. Three to um, ten. Yeah, you know, like I've even seen some twelve-year-olds just enjoy it because they're it's above or it's below them, but they're like, this is cool. This is yeah. fun. And, and they're starting um, to connect dots of what's happening around them in society. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And so, um, and it's it's also got a short little catechism in the back okay. of the book that will a five-question catechism that will essentially question and response um, yes. that you can help affirm the truths from the book into your child. And also every single page has scripture references. Yes, I love that. I was going to bring that up. I love that. So you can just, you can read the scripture uh, verses with your kids as well and really mm-hmm. affirm them. It's not just mom and dad saying this. This is yeah. this is the word of God. Bible Super. study. That's so good. Yes. All right. Well, we're going to close out this episode, Dale, the way that we close out all of our episodes. And that's by asking you this question. Rewind back to the first couple years of your marriage. How long have you been married? Uh, 13 years. 13 years. Congrats. All right. So rewind back. What advice do you wish you would have received? And then fill in the blank, dear young married couple. Oof. Okay. Uh, okay. Dear young married couple, I would, um, I would have learned. Okay. Th- there was a statement that was made to me. If you believe wrong, you'll never live strong. Hmm. Uh, and believing rightly about not just not just marriage um but also about god specifically understanding the gospel understanding grace understanding mercy understanding forgiveness when when those things align with what scripture says it will penetrate every possible way that you live as a christian Mm -hmm. and that changed our marriage when i understood that and it changed our marriage in a way that I was able to extend the grace that I understood that I received. And it changed the way that I viewed my role and responsibility as a husband to my wife. It changed the way that I understood how a wife should be because as a shepherd of a woman, I needed to know what a wife's role was as well. And so believing wrong will eliminate your ability to have a strong marriage. Um, And so the truth is the word of God and you need to be considering a daily um, saturation of your mind. We forget that Jesus says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. That's right. And so we need that um, commitment. And so I would say that, that that get into the word of God on a regular basis and let the truth help you think rightly so that you can live strong with your wife. So beautiful. Good. Thank you so much, Dale, for being on today. It's thank a pleasure. You. Hey, thank you guys for having me. We appreciate it. All right, friends. We really hope that you got a ton out of today's conversation. And if you want help, if you want personal guidance, 
with individual counseling or couples counseling, or even help with you as a couple reaching the goals you have, just reach out. Give us a call at 916-678-1797 or shoot us an email at hello at dearyoungmarriedcouple.com. No matter where you are in the world or in your marriage, we can set up a counseling session with you and we can work toward progress. We also post marriage advice regularly on our Instagram, which is at Dear Young Married Couple. And we'd love for you to join us in conversation there. All right. See you next week. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.